I'm Jason Klom, and this is the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. The year is 1960. The album is The Button Down Mind of Bob Newhart, the artist Bob Newhart, and my guest is Jamie Alcroft. <laughs> We're both trying, trying to, to turn, turn my phone phones off. off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. It's Jamie my phone's, Alcroft. My phone's going to stay on, I think, for yeah, this well, whole interview. Well, you know, it's going to be a certain type of joy that you don't often get. And... Well, I have to remind you, uh, Jason, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm taping this. Okay, good. Yeah, this is all on tape. Okay, understood. Well, then, you know, every every time I fuck up, then it's, you know, I, I don't get to edit it out that way if you're going to record oh, okay. it. Oh, so. well, We haven't started yet. No, that's true. Just oh, barely. Damn. That was a funny line. Uh, no, we have started. <laughs> we have started. Uh, so, you picked the button-down mind of Bob Newhart, but let's, let's yeah. talk a little bit first about how you came to do my show. Uh, fortunately... In my car. Yeah, exactly right. I parked right out Brilliant front. job. Wonderful yeah, job. I got evidence. to watch you park, so I, I know that you did it yourself. That's Thank impressive. Uh, but Phil Proctor has hooked me up with quite a few guests, but you get to actually perform with Phil Proctor every once in a while. I do. It is so much fun. Yeah. And the performing's great, just for both of us to be performing again. Mm-hmm. But the uh, writing process yeah such a gas with phil i bet we just have so many laughs together and um it's strange we discovered each other in the later part of our lives Mm -hmm. or latter part of our lives i guess you would say although no ladders were involved (laughs) in in meeting (laughs) phil i was just i now know why you two get along it was solid ground Uh Uh and um uh, we met years ago and uh he was always a hero of mine because I know they were known as the the Beatles of comedy, mm-hmm. Firesign Theater, and um, in college I didn't listen to them because so many guys in college listened to them and uh, memorized their bits. Yeah, and all the gals thought they were original bits, <laughs> and <laughs> mm, of course. And I thought, well, I'm going to write my own stuff. Might not be as funny as this stuff, <laughs> but I'm going to try to write my own. And I this, so I purposely did not listen to it in college when everybody else was and it was all the rage this yeah. was in the early 70s right oh yeah. my god how long was it until you finally heard their stuff then um well when i got to know phil that's amazing when i got to know phil yeah. through the Antius theater mm-hmm. and uh then one night i went to see him in a show uh it was a, a greek tragedy uh-huh. And uh, boy, was it ever! Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can't get sleep like that at home. You really can't with the <laughs> phone ringing and the dog barking all the time. So I was in a deep REM state and came out of it. And we went out for a drink after the show. And I said, "Well, what's what's this with retirement? I mean, how do you feel about it?" Because I had I had retired from Mac and Jamie about two years before that. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, he said I'm just so bored." I said, so am I. I am so bored. I just don't know what to do with myself. He said, neither do I. I said, well, let's do something together. He said, well, not with each other. I said, no, but with each other. You know what I mean. (laughs) And because I feel I'm a people person. I Uh feel if I can just touch one person every day, Uh I don't have to touch myself quite so frequently. (laughs) And uh, so, so Phil and I had the drink and I said, well, you know something? Mac and I did a thing for an ABC late night show. I think it was called ABC Late Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were good with coming up for, with names yeah, for their apparently. shows like that. <laughs> and um, so I, uh, I I came up with this conceit of us 
putting the scripts in newspapers uh-huh. and then pretending like we were reading out of the newspaper to Perfect. each other. Perfect. And so the scripts were just taped in the newspapers <laughs> and we looked like we were reading the newspapers and boom. And that's how Boomers on a Bench was born. I love it. I said, we could do that. He said, because Phil you know, said, I don't want to memorize anything. I don't want any teleprompters. I don't yeah, want to... yeah. Because we write pretty extensively and these are four minute pieces, mm-hmm. not pieces you could easily memorize. Sure. But um, I was always off book. He wasn't. And um, <laughs> we, uh, we did 100 episodes of the darn thing. It's crazy. And it's on YouTube, Boomers on a Bench, if anybody wants to go see it. I think so much fun. some of them have as many as, as 20 views. There we go. That's yeah. How, that's how we're in the it. double digits on the views. <laughs> yeah, we're very excited about that. <laughs> Boomers on a Bench. Boy, if you want to know what's going on in the mind of two 60-some-year-olds, mm-hmm. then... then watch it that's, <laughs> that's that's what you'll get i'm curious we're gonna go back to bob newhart but i'm curious then so you and i have the same kind of feeling about at least comics and stuff who maybe are in our own era i have had trouble in the past like i don't want to be influenced i want to write my own shit right you know i've since right. because of this podcast had to force myself to listen to stuff that might of course me you know that you've been able to steal exactly yeah, right exactly. 100%. Yeah. I do it well, and as long as you do it well you're fine sure you're fine <laughs> but, uh <laughs> like just i discovered fire sign it, it sometimes it's still above my head but i'm curious what it's like discovering it that much later in life for yourself only because it's like okay well i'm not doing sketch albums now we had you done i mean you'd done you were done with your sketch albums by the time you we had them, only right? done one sketch okay album. you'd only done the yeah. one okay okay that was just a project that mac and jamie embarked upon uh, okay extreme channel surfing mm-hmm. is, is what it, i just gave you a copy you and, just did yeah and, and the clips um, you sent me were phenomenal because i uh I have so many copies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's uh, why I brought one for you. I know that situation yeah. well myself. There you go. <laughs> and um, yeah, we had a blast doing it, and we did model it somewhat after Firesign because it's a it's a studio comedy CD. Yeah. And um, man, it's online. It's it's everywhere. I th- I could buy a used copy of it for like a dollar ninety nine. I think mm-hmm. on on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so so the value is really creeping up. <laughs> Well, you know, originally it was a fifty cent CD. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, I I don't even have the fortune of anybody buying mine to have them be used. Oh, so well done. Well up. done. Yes, you thank know? you. <laughs> uh. So okay, so now I have a better idea than what you were listening. When did you first hear the button down mind? I, I assume you just had a bunch oh, of young guys in your parents' house. I was a young guy in my parents' house. Yeah, and uh, we got the button down mind of Bob Newhart, and and very soon after that. Uh, we moved to England for three years. Really? And I went to English public school for seventh, eighth, and ninth grades. Uh-huh. Yes, quite. And I was head boy. Oh. Which, don't read too much into that. It was just <laughs> meant that I wore brown shoes and a blue tie instead of black shoes and a black tie. All right. <laughs> and I still got the shit kicked out of me. Of course. But um, in the boxing rink. But but I found that if I did impressions of the teachers, of the mm-hmm. masters, mm-hmm. that that the guys accepted me. All I right. wasn't the bloody yank anymore. I was that funny guy All right. who did impressions of the, of the teachers. Amazing. And a lot of what inspired me to be funny was the button-down mind of Bob Newhart, who we brought with us to England. All right, smart. Now, the current is different in England, so Bob's talking a little faster. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But the record right. played, it was just Would a little faster. Just... Would not have thought of yeah. that. And uh, so um, I... I confused him with phyllis stiller at first <laughs> yeah no I, I i i just listened to it as a kid and laughed so hard and 
just admired the subtlety and the surprise and the absurdity. And I, I learned very early on that, that uh, surprise and absurdity, taking something to its nth degree, are really the fundamental tenets of comedy. Uh, and so I became a funny kid. I, I would, I would do Mr. Mr. Titley. Well, who's a history master who was always in his cups after lunch. <laughs> fall asleep quite frequently in the afternoon class. And he was our swimming coach. Oh, no. Right then, fellows, kick, kick, kick. And then, um, oh, Mr. Fletcher, he was fun because he was from the West End, so he dropped his R's. He's a bright, brainy, brilliant rascal, don't get me wrong. But West Enders drop their R's. It's not a speech impediment. That's just the way they speak. And he taught me French. So I learned French with a West End accent. Oh, so I say Jacques à la bibliothèque avec Monsieur Dupont de la bloody voiture as well. <laughs> right? So that's how that came out. And then, and then um, oh my gosh, Mr. Squibbs, you really would have to see... Mr. Squibbs to appreciate him. He moved like one of those tree chameleons that <laughs> take a step and they go back half a step and then take another step <laughs> and go back. I'm, I'm nodding off. But <laughs> he coached rugby. He coached rugby. And I played rugby over there for three years. Oh, my God. And I uh, played cricket over there for three years. Sure. And Bob Newhart that was, was one game, my though, only right? American album. Mm -hmm. Until I bought the Everly Brothers, I think. Okay. I think I bought an Everly okay. Brothers album. But Bob Newhart was just my go-to guy Yeah. when I wanted to, you know, cling to America again. Because mm -hmm. it, it, um, it was very emotional. It was very, number one, it was very Dickensian. Sure. Going to an English public boys' school in 1960, uh -huh. very I Dickensian. I bet they had whips and, and and parquet floors that had been laid back before Thomas Jefferson did Sally. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if you catch my reference, uh -huh. okay. <laughs> so, oh my God! So that was that was the beginning of comedy for me, and then I think. I tried to be funny because I knew I, I was too small to play football and I really liked girls <laughs> and I just really wanted to get to know girls better of course. And, and they seemed to like humor. Mm -hmm. They like to laugh. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah. So then, uh, oh my gosh, um, I went to Ohio University and I got out of there and I, I got a, a desk job for two years. I um, was the educational director for the Wichita Symphony Orchestra in Wichita, Kansas. All right. It was a government job. And I, I made $8,000 a year mm -hmm. and lived very comfortably, thank you. I had a beautiful little house by the river. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> you know, a big porch with a swing on it. And, Sounds nice. Uh, it was, it was um, all the tornadoes I could, I could buy. <laughs> you know? And I, um, I lived there for two years, and I decided I just could not have a desk job. I could not do that. Yeah. That, was not, that was not preordained for me to mm -hmm. do this. And so I quit, and I went with my girlfriend to a horse ranch in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And we rode horses all summer and did a couple roundups and had a great time in Pagosa Springs, southern Colorado. And then the guy who ran the ranch said, when are you going to get a job? 
Oh, and I said, oh, well, I thought I was working for you. He said, not just riding horses, you're not. <laughs> he said, I need a, an apprentice and I do silver work. I'm a silversmith. And I said, okay. He said, you want an apprentice to me? Do you have any interest in that? I said, sure. <laughs> if it means staying in Colorado and riding horses, I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm down for it. So uh, he taught me the craft of uh, silversmithing. Wow. And uh, I use it to this day. I just got back into it. Uh, actually, I had a store in Aspen and a store in, in Silverton. And uh, I worked out at Pagosa Springs. And um, then a guy offered me a storefront in Key West, Florida. And I thought, what a dichotomy. Uh -huh. Going from Colorado <laughs> to Key West for the winter. Yeah. I, would, I was going to miss the skiing, but by golly, I went down to Key West and opened a store, and it was a big hit. And, wow. And then I got bored with making jewelry, and, mm -hmm. and uh, I was right on Duval Street there. So I uh, went into the radio station, and I said, you know, your music's really great, but your commercials suck, mm -hmm. really suck. And uh, can I, I, can, I can curse on this, can oh, I? Oh, absolutely. I think yeah. suck shit from hell was the expression <laughs> I used. And... Um, he said, well, uh, can you start tomorrow? Because I said, well, I do voices, and I can make the commercials interesting, and mm -hmm. I can make them funny. And he said, can you start tomorrow? I All said, right. do you, well, so I have a job? He said, yeah. So I worked as the morning DJ in Key West, Florida, for three years. Oh, my God. What a ride that was. I bet. Wow. Because whenever, you know, artists would come to town, I... Uh, I wouldn't be stupid enough to interview him at six o'clock in the morning. Uh -huh. I'd interview him in the afternoon. Sure. You know, the Buffets, the Melissa Manchesters, the Bonnie Raitts, mm -hmm. uh, 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 Mark Knopfler's, uh, whoever mm. came to town to do a show. Yeah. So I got some really good interviews out of him because it was in the afternoon when they were lucid. Right. <laughs> not happy. And, and the crazy thing about being a morning guy in Key West is at six o'clock, those were the days of Quaaludes and cocaine. Sure. And bagammon. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so some of them weren't getting home until I was on the air. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of playing go-to-sleep music first thing in the morning. <laughs> and my station manager used to call me, go, what are you playing? <laughs> I said, well, somebody just requested Warm Love by Joan, Joan Arbitrating. He said, that's not morning music. I said, okay. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. I came the enemy the 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 vex of the partiers in Key West. <laughs> Although many nights I had my last drink and just went to the station at five thirty and started picking out music. Oh my God! Went on the air. Wow. Not a lot. But sure, a few. sure, sure. Every once in a while. A few. Some of my favorite stories are of uh, that particular era of DJ. Mm -hmm. My my father-in-law, my late father-in-law was a DJ. Was His he? brother was a DJ. Yeah. All the same, around the same era, it sounds like. Well, that was work. AOR, what they called album-oriented rock, mm -hmm. where you could play any damn thing you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we did. We just played everything and anything. That's and great. I used to love to mix stuff together mm -hmm. with uh, vocal tracks and stuff like that and what name did you go by did oh you... i was jamie alacron really okay yes. you didn't have to you didn't have to do a suit no i wasn't <laughs> jumping jamie in the morning key west florida here's another holy moly goldie from the groove yard of yesteryear no that wasn't it that was hi wkwf wonderful key west florida this is jamie it's about uh 10 after 8 it was that kind of thing that's pretty good that's yeah. not bad i mean that's nice that kind of but you then also got to do the funny commercials I did do the funny commercials, awesome. and I was kind of funny on the air because I got a note very soon after that, um, and it said, 
uh, you must be one of the funniest men in Key West. I'm the other one. <laughs> and it was signed from a guy named Mac Dryden. Okay. And I went over to his address. He didn't have a phone, of course. Nobody had phones. So I rode my bike. I parked. I had a 50 Lincoln in those days, and I parked it for almost three years. Wow. Because everybody just rode bikes everywhere. All right. And so I rode my bike over to his place, and we wrote some scripts, and I thought he was funny. He thought I was funny, and... And we um, ended up being Mac and Jamie, the comedy team that lasted a mere 45 years. It's insane. Yeah. So wait, what year is this then that this all starts? This all started in 1978. 1978. And we did a couple of shows down in Key West, reviews. Mm -hmm. Vital Signs, The Revenge of Vital Signs, The Son of Vital Signs. <laughs> packed, sold out every show. Amazing. And we would just write sketches and do silly stuff. And, and uh, just, we had a blast. We had a blast. We were inspired by Saturday Night Live, of course, which sure. has just pretty much come on the air yeah. pretty recently. And um, then in 79, uh, Mac and I started going up to the uh, comic strip in Fort Lauderdale mm -hmm. and working with uh, Rick Overton, Dennis Wolfberg, right. Carol Liefer, Sue Kalinske, uh, Jackie Martling, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Jerry Seinfarb. I could never get his name right. <laughs> <laughs> and all those people from New York, because mm -hmm. they would bring about three or four comics a week down from New York okay. to work in the Fort Lauderdale Club. And Mac and I would drive five hours from Key West yeah. up to the Fort Lauderdale Club wow. and do Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights there as, as a team. That's crazy. And me. all those guys, all those great comics said, you know, you got to come to New York because yeah. there's nothing like you guys anywhere. I was going to say, it, it, there are not a lot of stories I ever hear about a two-man team during this era. It was great team. because we wrote our act in a vacuum. Yeah. We weren't influenced by other comics. Yeah. We weren't influenced by the com comedy scene there. We we were basically, you know, there was no straight man and funny man. There were two f funny men mm -hmm. on stage having fun together. That's awesome. And pulling the audience in. Mm -hmm. You know, I would insist on reading a little book that my mother read to me when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And I had Mac read it, and I'd play the flute. <laughs> and do all these little fairy tale kind of sounds with the flute. And uh -huh. Then Mac would try to get me to do crazy things. Like, if, you know, they, oh gosh, I wish I could remember it. But, you know, like all of a sudden Paul in, Paul in stepped in. Oh, really? I didn't know I was here. <laughs> you know, George Burns appeared. That's, this is very nice, but I think I gotta leave. You know, th it, he'd throw in stuff yeah. for me and I would never know what he was gonna do. Yeah. So it was Jesus. great, fun, improv stuff, cows, dogs. Oh, sorry, scared the cat. And, and, um, just, and then uh, Max said, well, how about if I sing Desperado? That'll be fun because comics end with a serious song sometimes. I said, that is so old fashioned, man. We can't do that. And so he said, well, if I sang Desperado, and I said, I would tape my face. And he said, you would what? I said, I'd tape my face with scotch tape if you sang Desperado. <laughs> uh, so for years, we closed with Max singing Desperado and me taping my face behind him, <laughs> pretending like he wasn't aware of it. And of course, the audience fell into the conceit love and loved it. Of course. Just roared. <laughs> roared. And we 
we couldn't follow that, so that was always our last. That's bit. that's smart. How are you? Yeah. Uh, how are you booking stuff early? Was it were, were open mics a thing, or were you like actively being able to book we, your own venues? Man, I'll tell you, it happened fast. We came up from Key West. We started working comic strip, Catch a Rising Star, the Improv right away. Yeah, so we were very unique, and the audiences frankly loved us. I don't know why to this day, but they did. <laughs> they loved us. They ate us up. They loved us, and 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 we would just you know get off stage going, what the hell just happened? Yeah, you know we killed it, Catch a Rising Star. What are the chances? And then, um, and then William Moore signed us, mm -hmm. and after William Moore signed us, things started to pick up a little bit, and there were people trying to manage us and stuff like that, and and we kind of shied away from that, and we started. Uh, I started to book us in the comedy clubs. Mm -hmm. Even though we were with William Morris, they didn't do comedy clubs, uh -huh. and they didn't book corporate gigs. All right. They missed out on a hell of a lot of money there. Of course. There. So I started booking us in comedy clubs, and our reputation grew. Yeah. That was it. And, you know, a comedy club owner would say, hey, what about this Mac and Jamie comedy team? Oh, they were here last week. They killed. Yeah. We had to add an extra show. Blah, blah, blah. Crazy. So it was. It, those were halcyon days. Mm -hmm. Really great times in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And we had our TV series in the 80s, Comedy Break. Uh-huh. We did a couple Tonight Shows with Johnny. Awesome. And uh, this God. producer, Alan Landers, or no, Ronnie Greenberg, who was at Landers, at Landsberg, Landsberg Productions at the time. I'm in L.A., man. i got to get this the <laughs> nomenclature right, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was Landsbaum. No, it was Landsberg. And uh, Ronnie Greenberg was a big, big advocate of our comedy. And damn if he didn't start up a show for us and we did 125 half hours of comedy jesus live wow the first 50 were live mm -hmm. okay on saturday mornings wow and we'd shoot them live and we put ellen degeneres and paul riser and sinbad on tv for the first time Holy i was shit. sitting there watching i was sitting there watching uh, the mark twain awards when uh -huh. ellen degeneres uh -huh. got it and somebody said, and here's your first time on national television. Uh -oh, uh -oh. And they played the clip from our show. They did? Oh, they actually did it. Yeah. Oh, they got it right. I thought they you were going to say it. somebody screwed up. That's amazing. No, they got good, it. Good, good, good. It All was right. so cool. And I got, of course, a check for $230. There we go. That's pretty nice. Because I was a producer. <laughs> Wait, so is, the, is there a way to watch any of this right now? Comedy Break? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can watch it on, you go Google it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've posted a few things. You know, Jan Hooks was on the show. Oh, I love Jan Hooks so much. You would love her even more if you got to work with her. I bet. She was so much fun to work with and mm -hmm. so... We were on a tight schedule, mm -hmm. so we couldn't mess around too much. Yeah. And yet, God. <laughs> God, she was funny. And, and Kevin Pollack was on our show. God, all right. So we hired two of the best comedy players of the day mm -hmm. this was 1984 85 wow and they were two of the best That's jan went on to do saturday night live yeah. after our show yeah and um met with untimely demise i'm so sorry that she's gone she yeah. was such a talent and uh kevin pollock's gone too but he's still alive <laughs> kevin i hope you're listening to this <laughs> if only but uh, kevin and i used to do like dueling reagans really we would do <laughs> He would be dressed as Reagan. I would be dressed as Reagan, and we would both walk into the same office. Mm -hmm. You know, hello, hey, hey, what are you doing here? Well, I don't know. Well, <laughs> Sam Baku, if, if if I'll be Hornswoggle if I know who you are, and we just 
did stuff like that yeah. and, and had so much fun. Uh, our, our Lennon and McCartney, who's on first, was fun. Oh, my God. Because when the show was running short, mm -hmm. when we had to fill in like three minutes, mm -hmm. they go, the, short sh the show's short. They had a, a, a sheet that they dropped, uh -huh. and the crew had written the names of every Beatles song ever recorded oh my God. on this sheet. All right. And so Kevin and I were able to go, Joan, Joan, I just wrote a great song yesterday. Well, if you're so bloody smart, why didn't you write something today? I did. Oh, my God. Oh, you're nowhere, it. man. Hello. That's a good one. Let it be. I like that. You know, and oh my God. so we would just use all the song titles of to have course. a conversation. Holy shit. Because I saw who standing there. You saw who's standing where. <laughs> you know, and I, I was doing John. Mm -hmm. And Kevin was doing Paul, you know. Mm -hmm. So he was the cute one. <laughs> he was always the cute one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to wonder so wait uh that three years in england was your only extended time in england as, as a child uh as a child yeah yeah um um i spent three my my parents came over for the last six months okay uh <laughs> <laughs> no three years in england was three years okay that's where i started to pick up my voices I'm going to say, because that's my formative. Accents. That's the perfect time for that. Yeah. That's accent. the time when everybody's like, oh, this is the comedy album I discovered. Right yeah. around 12, 13, 14. So. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd drive around with Dad to his on his business calls. Uh-huh. And I would go into post offices and listen to the accents. Yeah. And so, you know, I ended up being able to do Manchester. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you the difference between Manchester and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You know, it. there's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the West End and... You know, and I've been able to do a lot of voiceovers. The weirdest thing, Jason. Mm -hmm. I I was doing a lot of English voices for uh, commercials and uh, cartoons and stuff. Uh huh. And I became known as the the Yank that does our accent. Uh huh. So I would walk into a room and it would all be English guys. Uh huh. And one day I did this, and there must have been six six English guys there, and I walked in and I went, oh. Bloody hell. <laughs> oh, crikey. Well, we know who's got this one, don't we? So, but I didn't. I didn't get that. Uh -huh. And the audition was uh -huh. for Richard. Um, oh, who's the guy? Richard, uh, the English fellow, the, the Virgin Airlines. Uh, Virgin, oh, Richard Branson. Branson. Yeah. Richard Branson. Branson. I should have thought of the place in Missouri. <laughs> yeah. And Yakov Shmirnov. See, I could have put that together if I had Googled enough. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim Stafford. Oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> happening all over. And and um, so uh, Richard Branson wanted to uh, record a Christmas message to his employees. Okay. So he cast it. He wanted it to be a personal Christmas message to his employees, Amazing. but he didn't have time to do it. Amazing. So he found somebody who could do it, or Richard Branson, and did it. That's so good. I just wanted to say, it's been a wonderful year. <laughs> and I owe it all to you. You know, God. That's phenomenal. From the bottom of my cold, <laughs> cold heart. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. see, because that's the kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm obsessed with that time period. Just trying to figure out. I mean, obviously, our brains are still very malleable, and it's and what? it's a perfect time. <laughs> it's a perfect uh, time. <laughs> malleable. Yeah, yeah, that's the isn't word. Isn't he be? Isn't he in court now? Didn't he just turn evidence? <laughs> yes, he just did. Paul malleable. <laughs> 
it's just the perfect time and people pick up so much and uh, specifically doing voices and i yeah you know and yeah I, I i honestly i would i wouldn't know i know there's impressionist outlet like jim burley mm -hmm. do you know him mm -hmm. wonderful impression yeah but um to do the the new voices the canal reeves the, mm -hmm. the of course nobody does christopher walken like pollock right and pollock's gone <laughs> man i need a minute sure sure <laughs> you got your time and uh let's see uh, you know, like to do uh, Tom Bergeron or uh -huh, something. Uh -huh. I mean, <laughs> there really aren't the Jimmy Durantes and the George Burns and yeah. the, the, the wonderful voices and characters, it seems. Sure. Maybe they're still out there. There probably are, but and, uh, yeah, <laughs> I love the... Now I'm in my head trying to figure out, how would I do a Tom Bergeron impression? <laughs> yeah, really? And why? <laughs> right, and why? That's the most important question, I think. <laughs> I, I uh, here's the thing. I want to listen to you tell stories all day. Sure, I really do. But we, we have to get down to. We have to. We pause don't have to. We have I, to pause for a commercial. Yeah, let's we'll take a quick commercial. <laughs> uh, but I, I want to make sure that we talk about the album just so that nobody, yes. nobody gives us any shit. Let's. Because you actually took notes. I don't want your notes to go to waste. No. So I want to talk about. So did you write down stuff that's your favorite or memories about them? I'm curious. It was not only one of the first long playing comedy albums. And not only one of the first to sell over one million copies, yeah. and not only received Album of the Year at the Grammys, but it was literally the first time Bob Newhart had ever performed in a nightclub. It, that that is that's what blew my mind. Me. I know. If I'd have known that when I was a kid, yeah. it would have given me a lot more confidence. Of course it would. Of yeah. course. <laughs> it's, it's such a testament to that man's talent. Yeah. This was the first time. It was in Chicago, I believe it was recorded. I think, I, one of them's in Texas. It like might I be said, one of them Texas. in Chicago, too. No, it was in Chicago, Texas. <laughs> okay, Chicago, a very, Texas. My very favorite small town. Very, very small club there. <laughs> very small club. <laughs> uh, Bob's Clamshell, uh -huh. I think it was called. Sure. And uh, Galveston area. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, But anyway, Newhart. <laughs> what? Uh, the, the, the car instructor has lived uh, with me uh-huh um all my all, what uh the what what flashing lights were blinding you <laughs> oh oh the flashing lights on the car behind us i see you know just those moments those mm -hmm. he, and he created such a world for us and i i think that's what's so magical about um and i'm not the first to say this obviously but that's what's so magical about the Shelley Bermans and the Bob mm -hmm. Newharts. They really take us along on their ride. Mm -hmm. And that I love. I admire that so much. Yeah. So much. I got to, I've got to tell you this, this one little story. I don't have to, but I will. Oh, good. Please. Is it okay? Mm -hmm. I think I'm uh, fine with it. Bob Newhart, George Burns, we kind of a tie in. Uh -huh. I was in the hospital. You know, I got a heart and, 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 uh, and liver transplant. Mm -hmm. And about a year ago, about a year ago uh, today. Oh my God, it's my birthday! No, <laughs> so I got a 46-year-old heart. So mm -hmm. I'm 46 going on 70. All I don't right. know whether to buy a convertible or get a reverse mortgage. I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely flummoxed. But um, I was in the hospital and this, the station at Cedars plays black and white. The Benny shows, the George wow. Burns show. Okay. A guy named Paul Wolf Wolfstein. Okay. Brownstein, okay. Paul Brownstein, 
uh, has all these archives of TV shows, mm-hmm. and he's it, just amazing the stuff that he comes up with. He we I watched the Sonny and Cher show. Mm-hmm. I watched the Benny show. This is while last year. It's crazy in, in Cedars while I'm recuperating. Yeah, and um, uh, and this guy came in to take my X-ray, and he said, Mister Al Croft, I'm gonna have to disturb your your viewing pleasure here to take an X-ray. I said okay. And uh, I said, I'm just watching George Burns, my favorite. Do you love George Burns? He said, I, um, I don't know that I'm familiar with him. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, kid. How old are you anyway? <laughs> are, you, are you about what? About 40, 45? And he said, I'm, well, I'm 36. I said, close enough. <laughs> so, and you've never heard of George Burns. Do you realize that the hospital you're working in right now is at the corner of George Burns right. and Gracie Allen Drive? <laughs> I'd <laughs> said, that. I knew I'd seen that name <laughs> somewhere before. Oh, That's shit. where I know him from. Oh my God! I said, but you don't know him from his comedy. From he was just brilliant. He was a god. Yeah. And he said, No, I don't. But you know, I'm not from around these parts. I'm not from around here. <laughs> And I, you know, expecting Azerbaijan or Croatia, mm-hmm. I said, really, where are you from? He said, Orange County. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. My what? old heart just about failed me right then and there. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make it. That just killed me. Oh, my God. And because I, when I did Comedy Break, I used to do, Kevin and I used to do Burns and Allen. Mm-hmm. But it was Robert Burns and 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 marty allen <laughs> and it was all these permutations of burns and allen that oh, we could come up with oh my god steve allen and you know it was just and um anyway uh i did george burns and molly uh, miles who was the producer of the show thought it was so good that she took it next door to george's cottage he had a cottage at hollywood center studios at the time oh my god and we were filming in the uh, I think where they do Jeopardy now in Hollywood Center okay. Studios, and um, and she took it in, and he watched it, and he watched me doing George, and I forget what I was doing, but I was telling some some sort of some sort of joke. I'm 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 not really sure, and 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 I finished doing George, and he looked at Molly and he said, "The kid's good, but I'm better." <laughs> <laughs> Of course. But oh. he re- he signed a beautiful big poster to me. Oh, it's amazing. Jamie, I'm better. Holy shit. George <laughs> oh, damn it. That's so good. Yeah. My God. There's a little showbiz story for you. <laughs> That's you want a... showbiz stories? I got a Paul Lynn showbiz story. You do? Uh-huh. Okay, so the voice is not just getting pulled out for nothing. The, uh, the voice, you got, you got a story. All right. Oh, I, yeah, I, I got have stories. To hear it. I have a nice Hollywood Squares album sitting around here somewhere, by the do way. Do you really? I'm hoping there's Paul. There has to be What are your Paul favorite answers? There. I have two favorite answers. Well, the the one that always comes to mind is, uh, what do you say when, when a woman falls off of a ship? No, no, when a man falls off of a ship, man overboard. What do you say when a woman falls? Off, off a ship full speed ahead you know, that's that's the one that always pops into my head so <laughs> i like why do motorcycle riders wear leather jackets because chiffon wrinkles <laughs> of course <laughs> and and this one nobody laughs at but i love it next to the mongoose what is the cobra's most feared natural enemy mm-hmm the Calcutta Marching Band. <laughs> so stupid. That is perfect. Oh, and, and you know, Phil Keller wrote that stuff. 
Really? He okay. and his brother, All right. writers, Phil, I forget his brother's name, but uh, Phil Proctor just teamed me up with Phil Kellard again. Really? And we had drinks one night about a year. Oh, it was, it was with my old heart. Mm -hmm. I wonder if he'll remember me. Um, <laughs> and then and it was, um, oh, where was it? We did, it was about a year and a half ago. Uh -huh. And I got reunited with Phil Kellard. And, and That's awesome. We just traded Paul Lind answers and and i told him my story and do we have time for me to tell you my story do we have to court, get back to mr newhart no 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 here's okay, the thing because i've talked about this right album here. a million times but yeah. we're going to talk about only the notes you want to talk about okay so please so i'm in key west i'm a jeweler mm -hmm. and uh a silversmith jeweler i was i made belt buckles and bracelets and rings and i learned in colorado so i was influenced by the navajos mm -hmm. very heavily uh, however i had started my own style Okay. which I called Victorian, for lack of a better word. Lots of leaves and flowers and things like that. Cool. Okay, because I like making them. Mm -hmm. And Paul came in one day to my store because he was hanging out in Key West. Amazing. Where else would a in-the-closet man mm -hmm. in 1984 be? Sure. No, not, no, 1974. Oh, okay, yeah. 1974. Right. Where else radio. would he be? Key West. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he said, oh, I, I love that buckle. And of course, I was starstruck as of course, hell. Of course. And, but I still had the nerve to pull it out, put it on the counter, and say to him in his voice, I call it my quick release. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and he said, what do you mean? So let me show you. <laughs> and I pushed the stone in the middle of the buckle, uh -huh. and the buckle popped open. Amazing. So you don't have to unhook your belt yeah, from the yeah. buckle. You just push the button in the middle, it pops open. It's amazing. You're out of your belt. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, I love it. How much? Mm -hmm. And I said, 350 for you, Mr. Lind. Mm -hmm. No tax. Mm -hmm. And because I thought he would be a return customer. Sure. Lo and behold, he was. Every month and a half or so, every six weeks, mm -hmm. maybe two months, uh -huh. he would get a new boyfriend. Uh -huh. And he'd pop his head in the store. <laughs> he'd go, Jamie. Need another buckle. Oh, my God. I always go to him in his voice. Quick release. He said, oh, you betcha. <laughs> Holy shit. Hey, baby. Oh, my God. I must have made... I must have made ten buckles for him. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. And we became really good friends. That's awesome. And just joked around. And I, be, I became friends with Jim McLaren, his best friend, mm -hmm. who was one of those gay men that was very masculine mm -hmm. kind of guy and paul was just his his girlfriend mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. paul was so flamboyant sure and especially when he got drunk <laughs> oh. and i started doing stand-up on my own mm -hmm. at the pier house in key west every friday and saturday night havana docks bar and uh paul and his cronies would drift in there every once in a while mm -hmm. and i of course i do him on mm -hmm. stage <laughs> and he go do me, do me. And I go, all right, just give me a minute. He said, no, I really mean do me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we had a lot of laughs. That's awesome. We had a lot of laughs. Holy yeah. Cow. See, this is this is the thing I don't get that often with a lot of my a lot of my guests are we get a lot of third party stories. You know, don't get as many firsthand stories of old Hollywood. I, I moved here. Oh. I've talked about this a lot. My regret of moving here. Too late. Just a little too late. When did you move here? 2003. Oh, that so, was too late. Bob Hope died what that year. Thinking? You know, I know. What was what I thinking? You, you know, so they're all, they're basically they're all croaking as I was, I was getting here. It's like, well, shit. 
there's another one down the drain. What am I going to do? So I love hearing these kinds of stories. Yeah. But I love that also your story is from Florida. That's that's even funnier to me. Yeah. That you, we worked, you we worked with Florida. Bob Hope at the uh, Children's Miracle Network Television. Really? Yeah. Oh, we were the amazing. host of the Children's, uh, Mac and Jamie, were, mm -hmm. uh, the host of the Children's Miracle Network Telethon for about 10 years. Wow. We did them with the midnight to 6 a.m. shift. <laughs> so John Schneider and Merlin Olson and Maria Osmond mm -hmm. and, um, oh my God, if I'm forgetting you, for, forgive me. But all, all these people, all these wonderful people donated their time to raise money for children's hospitals. Yeah. Um, and we, I pitched him the idea of us doing Midnight to Six. And it wasn't easy doing comedy between these videos of these children oh, right. fighting cancer and of course. everything else mm -hmm. that they do. Um, but we did it, and it was fun, mm -hmm. and uh, Bob was there. And Bob, of course, had his guy right in the front row mm -hmm. with the cue cards mm -hmm. and the jokes. You know, I, it, it just was always so amazing to me. Yeah. That he just, well, I want to tell you, and then he'd read the joke. <laughs> And when I, I saw him backstage and I said, Mr. Hope, uh, um, he said, yeah, yeah, uh, nice to meet you, Bob Hope. I said, Jamie Alcroft, it's an honor to meet you. I just wanted to tell you that I think you're one of the, the greatest long-distance readers that's ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was cold. You know, well, he took it well. Yeah. You know, I'm, sure, I'm sure people have given him lots of shit before you know yeah sure probably used to it oh and my then God. when i came off stage he said to me uh he said uh, oh, i watched your show and i said oh thanks he said when do you think you lost the audience <laughs> when... <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's so good oh, that's beautiful yeah all those great lines and and oh i i, I wish that i had belong to the Friars Club. Yeah. Uh, I there I missed out on that. Yeah. Because I was a stand up comic. I mean I should have joined. I sure. Should've. What was I thinking? All I don't right. know. I'm asking you now. What was I thinking? I don't know what you were thinking. What do you mean Jamie? you don't know what I, I was thinking? I'm not a I'm mind asking reader. You. Not a mind reader You're anymore. the interviewer. You should know what I was thinking. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that is something I've missed out ah. on too. I know people who have been I've always wanted to go. It's a thing that's 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 obviously also escaped me. I want to go as a friend of a friend. It's not the friggin' Magic Castle, though. Oh, yeah. You know, you can get in the Magic Castle pretty easy. Yeah. If only it was that easy with the Friars Club. And it's a great show, mm -hmm. the Magic Castle. It's super fun. I love going there. It's a lot of fun. Especially I've been there with Phil. Yeah? Yeah. He's a magician, you know. I was just going to ask if, if Phil does magic, because I'm now yeah. realizing he strikes me as the kind of guy who would. He does. That's amazing. Does. They used to do it as part of their Fire Sign Theater. That also makes Shtick. sense. That makes Proctor sense. and Bergman. Course yeah. Did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you met Bob Newhart? I have never met Bob Newhart. That's I have never me. met Don Rickles. Mm -hmm. I uh, toured. I've uh, toured with Diana Ross for six years, so mm -hmm. I've met her. All right. And uh, I've probably watched her in concert four hundred times. Mm -hmm. Never tire of watching her show. I bet. Yeah. And um, the odd thing is, is Mac and I would try out a new joke mm -hmm. because I mean, you know. 18 weeks at Cedars, mm -hmm. two shows a night, seven nights a week. You mm -hmm. want to do something different. Of course. But Diana was, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure. And when we would try out a new joke, she would hear about it. Mm -hmm. And we soon discovered that she would hear about it mm -hmm. through her two daughters, Tracy and... Oh, my God. Um, uh, what was her other daughter's name? Kelsey, I think it was. Uh-huh. 
and they would they would always sit in the audience. They were big Mac and Jamie fans. I love it. So they always watched our show. Mm -hmm. And when we did a new joke, even if it worked, uh -huh. they'd tell mom. And then mom would knock on our door and go, boys, don't go changing. Oh, God. Tracy. So I can't wait to meet her again sometime. Wait, so you haven't, point. not since she was a kid? Since she was a little Holy kid. Holy shit. Well, teenager. He's still, that's a little kid. She's like 14, That's 15. nuts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and now she's on black as she's she. remarkable i'm remarkable i don't actress. get it she's great. i don't get how good she is either she's oh so well good. she comes she's from so funny. a tremendously talented mother yeah i mean yeah. you know that you don't have to necessarily just be a good singer because yeah your mother i mean i'm a comedian and i was a a pretty darn successful stand-up comedian and mac and jamie are certainly known in the comedy circles if we're not a household name yeah and we're not <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I just wanted to tell you, right. if you thought you were interviewing a household name here, boy, <laughs> you are in deep doo-doo. <laughs> well, if you thought you were yeah. on WTF, you're fucked. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, well, WTF, I like that. Yeah. 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 Mark, Mark Maron's show, and he, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. But anyway. Yes. Oh, that's Mark Maron's show. That's Mark show. Maron's show. Okay, I'll do it <laughs> yeah. one day. Yeah, you probably will. Yeah, I'll use this as my uh, audition tape. I've had plenty of friends who have been on it, so I think you, you should. Go. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, okay. So anyway, um, I will meet Tracy, and we will have that moment. Mm -hmm. And what else was I going to tell you about I that? Know. I again don't know. I again I'm, don't I'm, know. I'm not a minor. See, yet. I'm asking you questions <laughs> way out of your league. Uh -huh, apparently, you're supposed to be reading my mind. <laughs> this is this psychics are us. Do you have a favorite so, bit on the button-down mind, though? Yes, the the. Is the, the, the car instructor. That's the one he the, still does live. I mean, I will say that. When he performs live, when I saw him live. Driving instructor. That's yeah. the one he repeated. He's like, I'll pull this one out of it. And it time. says here it was a pilot script for a new TV series. Interesting. At one time. Interesting. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. That's funny, like, that they pick. Now, I, because, you know, what ended up being his show, it does not feel like that was ever a bit he did. But no. now I'm wondering. Now I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I somehow missed a bit. Well, something had to open a door for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So maybe that opened the door for him. Maybe. But he also, have you ever watched him perform on like the old Dean Martin shows and stuff? Yes, oh, yes. Oh, I'm so a huge good. fan. Yeah. And I just, yeah, just, and I thought that the beginning of his new show was just brilliant. Yeah. When yeah. Suzanne Plachette came back. <laughs> oh my God, that was just brilliant. <sighs> Honey, my, I just had the strangest dream. <laughs> I just, I, I like, I, I'm not, um, funny like Bob Newhart, mm -hmm. but he is one of my funny heroes. Yeah, along with George Carlin. Um, when Mac and I first got to L.A., um, we were managed by a guy named Monty Kay, mm -hmm. who also managed George Carlin and Flip Wilson, and Kenny Rankin, mm -hmm. and the Modern Jazz Quartet. Okay, and uh, Mac and Jamie, and that's how I got to know George through going over Amazing. and hanging out at my manager's house mm -hmm. with George. Yeah. Never never thought I'd get high with George Carlin. Yeah, I was going to say, that was the next thought. <laughs> yeah. Did you get high with George yeah. Carlin? Yeah, oh yeah. Damn it, that's amazing. Yeah. Also a hero of mine. I mean, Truly. I mean, how can you not be? Yeah, how can you not be? It was brilliant. <sighs> it was a philosopher king, really, mm -hmm. in so many ways. Uh, it was like our, our Will Rogers, our, right. our Mark Twain, mm -hmm. you know. Do you I mean, know? He must have gotten the Mark Twain Award, Bob Newhart. Uh, I he has to have. 
has to have. I can't. I maybe I'm he wrong. He must have gotten one. By I now. should look it up. All right. I'm not looking up right now though. Well, <laughs> I was going to say. Yes. Um, I'm just going to put a little pitch in here for my girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm not a singer. Mm-hmm. Now my daughter started writing songs at 12, mm-hmm. and she's now a pop artist mm-hmm. and a singer. I saw your hat. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who she is. I do. Yeah. And and her career is just blossoming so fast it's insane it's so great to watch the ride yeah uh, i i went down to jimmy kimmel with her when she did the mm-hmm. kimmel show a couple of months ago and it was such a flashback yeah to doing the tonight show yeah to mac and i being there so good and i'm getting chills talking about mm-hmm. it because it was just such a, a a tremendous feeling to be able to see your daughter in the same situation that you were in mm-hmm. um 30 years ago, mm-hmm. 30, maybe 40 years Yeah, ago. probably would have had to been 40 years Almost ago. Almost 40 point. years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, 38 years ago. It's crazy. Doing The Tonight Show in 1981. Did you get to talk to her about it, or did you just leave it as an unspoken thing where you're just enjoying it? Oh, no, we distance? talked about it. Did you? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I shared with her yeah. about that, and um, I shared with her um, the, the philosophy, I guess, of really concentrating on the moment and trying to enjoy every part of it yeah because you might not be back on the Kimmel show ever again Mm -hmm. you might not ever do Seth Meyers again you might not ever be asked to be Taylor Swift's guest star in her Boston concert in a a football stadium again those things may never happen again so when they are happening Mm -hmm. don't try not to black out on them Mm-hmm. Try, you know, try try to be there and remember every little thing about it. Yeah. And don't worry. You know, you're performing. You're used to performing. Yeah. You know, she did an audition last week, and I said, how the audition goes? She said, great, great. I said, sounds like it was pretty pretty heavy, pretty high pressure. Uh-huh. A lot of singing, dancing, and guy with a piano in the room. And, and she said, yeah, it was. She said, but, Dad, I've performed for 75,000 people. <laughs> Yeah. So well. three guys in a room. <laughs> I can handle that. And so she gave me a pretty good perspective yeah, on auditioning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's good. I mean that that le- that lesson for being present is hard to learn. Uh, it's oh. nice that you're giving that to her young. If I had learned that young, I think I would have. I'd appreciate a lot more what I have. So hard to learn. You know. So and things, um, things happen. Mm-hmm. Technically, mm-hmm. schedule wise. And you have to be ready to roll with that. Mm-hmm. And I've taught her all of her life. I don't know whether she adheres to it or not as much as I do. Um, my recent transplant experience really brought this home for me. But if you have control over something, do something about it. Yeah. You can stress about it. You can worry about it. Because you have control over it. There's something you can do. But if you don't have control over something, let it go. Mm-hmm. If it's the tech thing that's going on Mm -hmm. if it's the scene changing if it's whatever yeah if it's out of your control let it go and just do what you know how to do Mm -hmm. and that's that happened to me because i was feeling terrible i knew i was sick i knew my heart was failing and i went to my doctor i said i think my heart's failing Mm -hmm. and he said yeah let's test you and he said yep you got 10 to 7 percent of your heart left shit and i said okay what should I do? Mm-hmm. And he said, 
Well, you should go to Cedar sinai and check an emergency right now. Yeah. I said, what'll they do? He said, they'll put you in the transplant ward. And as soon as I heard that word transplant, mm -hmm. I knew that I had lost control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just, and that's the way I, I, I approached it. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm putty in your hands. Because yep. they'd always tell you what they were going to do. Okay, what we're going to do now is we're going to do this, we're going to do that, you know. And and I said, please, don't tell me what you're going to do. <laughs> just do it. can do it, yep. I am putty. I'm, it's okay with me. Everything I'm here for, I'm lying on a gurney. There's a big light over my head. Everything I'm here for, just do it. Mm -hmm. Don't You don't have to tell me. Right. Really. And then and, and that's exemplified in another instance where I was having a biopsy on my liver to see if I needed a new one. Because my, what happens is when your heart's as bad as mine was, it beats up on your liver. Mm -hmm. So I had heart-induced cirrhosis. I said, I could have drank more? You're kidding me. <laughs> Jeez, I feel unnecessarily sober here. This is ridiculous. And they said, no, your heart beat up in your liver, and we got to check out your liver. So I was laying there on the table, 7 o'clock in the morning. Doctor comes up to me and says, Mr. Alcroft, I'm Dr. Friedman. I'll be doing the procedure today. Um, there's two things I must tell you about. There is a risk of stroke or internal bleeding. And I looked at him, I said, for me or for you? <laughs> what are we talking here? <laughs> and he, his mask ruffled in the breeze. <laughs> so it was either terrible indigestion or he was really laughing at me. He was really laughing. God, that's so good. So, it's good. That's what I, that was my attitude. Yeah. I just tried to get laughs wherever I went. Mm -hmm. And I told everybody about my daughter, Haley Kyoko. Yeah. And I told everybody about my wonderful family. Mm -hmm. I have Elise, who's 30. Mm -hmm. She just got married to a wonderful guy named Jack. Congratulations. I've yet to meet him, but I <laughs> hear he's wonderful. Uh, and then I have a son, Thatcher, mm -hmm. who's 24 and just finding his way. Yeah. You know? When I was 24, my God, I was living on a horse ranch in Colorado learning to bend silver yeah. instead of iron. That's See, I started as a furrier. I was making horseshoes. Oh, and I really? Said, okay. Fuck this. Can I say that? Yeah, absolutely. I said, fuck this. Silver is a lot easier to bend mm -hmm. than iron. And I think I could probably get more for a squash blossom necklace than I could for this horseshoe here. <laughs> so that's that's how that came about. <laughs> Can I tell True. you, this is, this is one of the most all-over-the-place interviews I've ever done. Yet yeah. It's also one of my favorites. So yeah, oh, good. Thank you for this. I am all over the place. No, it's in a yeah. good way. I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah, okay, uh, good. I don't think I could have talked about too much more Newhart without like I love Bob Newhart I do but too. I've talked about you see all these albums on the wall so Class yep. Clown I've, I'm talked out one of my favorites uh, Let's Get Small talked out one of my favorites not talked out on the Smothers Brothers yet Monty Python almost talked out but mm -hmm. not mine of Bob Newhart it's it's hard but uh, you know it's, we, there's we, Bob Newhart right there yeah, faces that one is signed by him and oh, his wow. son I had his son sign it because he's mentioned on it it's the first uh, like probably first audio recording where his son is talked about so I had him sign that and what's so. this one comedy on vinyl yeah that's just my logo just so people don't forget where the hell they are <laughs> Yeah. And wait a minute, you got a Jimmy Pardo there? Yeah, Jimmy Pardo signed that for me. Is that an album of uh -huh. him, of his comedy? Yes, he's done two or three. Oh my gosh, he's, has he really? He's a fucking genius. He is a fucking genius. Yeah, I don't get I, it. I don't I, get how he's that good. I hate no, him. I hate him. it's too bad he's gone. <laughs> he was, he was really, he's very smart. Actually, I want to do a show, mm -hmm. and I want him to be the host, and that's yeah. all I can tell you. Okay. 
but I just think he would be he is so much like Carson was yep. when Carson was hosting you bet your wife mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. bet your life mm-hmm. whatever it was mm-hmm. um he was so quick yeah so quick you're not old enough to remember that I've but seen about I've seen, seen clips. clips yes I've watched enough Carson God he I'm was missing. fast yeah yeah and Pardo was just as fast so mm-hmm. Jimmy if you're out there listening Slow down a little bit, will you, pal? <laughs> He's not listening. Give the but, rest you know, of us I, a chance. If give, I tell him to listen to this one, he will. Give the rest of us a chance. Okay, well then, maybe he'll have me on his. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. And I'll that's, do the. I'll say point. the exact same thing, mm-hmm. which is the irony of it, or the redundancy of it. Mm. What is it? Ir- well, I, it's ironic that you called it ironic, and then it's redundant that you said it more than once. So see, I don't know. There we go. On. There yeah, we go. A, you know, it's like that guy in Santa Rosa <laughs> whose house was burning down, mm-hmm. and he ran in to get his father's ashes. Hello, <laughs> that's a true story. That's insane. Oh it, well, God. is that is that redundant or ironic? You tell me. Yes, I don't know. The yes, it is yes. both. Mm-hmm. Okay, you just told me. <laughs> All right, finally asked you a question you can answer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, why don't we say this? Let's do what we normally do, which is at the end, tell some, tell people if they've never heard the button down mind of Bob Newhart, maybe they only know him from TV. Maybe they don't know him at all because apparently people don't know who George Burns is anymore. So tell them why. If they're from Orange County. If they're from Orange County, that's their excuse. Why listen to the button down mind today? Well, as I said earlier in this show, and now I'm going to have to repeat myself (laughs) because apparently Jason wasn't listening. That's what I have people do every time. Uh Is that. Newhart takes you with him. He takes you on a ride. And music takes me on a ride. But somebody like Newhart or Shelley Berman or even Mike Nichols and Elaine May, they take you on a ride into their world and their world of the absurd. And they surprise you at every turn. Mm -hmm. And that is, like I said, the essence of comedy. The surprise and somebody taking you on their ride yeah. and you buy into it. You sit there and you know exactly what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you can almost, even though it's a record, you can almost see the expression on his face. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's just remarkable, remarkable, remarkable man. And an underappreciated actor. I don't think a lot of people realize how good of a damn actor he is. I, I, I suggest oh. if you're younger, watch his old show. I mean, some of it's on Hulu and stuff. You can watch some of the his first show. Is his second show is great too, but his original show is brilliant. You know, his sitcom. He underplays everything except the funny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jamie. What do you want to promote? Is there anything? This is not going to come out for a little bit unless you've got something super urgent. Otherwise, you know, general promotion. Where can people find Okay, you? tonight I'm cooking Cuban food for my daughter <laughs> mm-hmm. and her friends and um, a key lime pie. All right. So that's what Brilliant. I've got on my roster. Brilliant. No, um, I wrote a book when I was in the hospital mm-hmm. called The Tin Man Diaries. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't start off as a book. It okay. started off as therapy for me because I was in a hospital bed for 82 days of and course. I didn't know what to do with myself. So I started writing little posts on Facebook mm-hmm. and called them the Tin Man Diaries. And I would do Tin Man Diary updates every few days. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I got a lot of followers. Thousands of people were catching the Tin Man Diaries and getting updates. I meet strangers to this day mm-hmm. who will say to me, oh, you're Jamie Alcroft. I used to read your Tin Man oh, updates. That's awesome. You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, well, they're not strangers. They, they obviously tied into my Facebook yeah. page somehow, but 
Uh, there's no strangers now that there's Facebook, really. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I was encouraged by their response to write a book. Yeah. So now it's 250, uh, 225 pages. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a publisher. I don't know whether to sub-publish or to go with a publisher. I've been turned down by two publishers, and I might publish it in an ebook format, but I'm just investigating that. Yeah. I'm investigating selling my jewelry on Esty, mm -hmm. and I'm investigating um, uh, the uh, ebook publishing. I I really don't know what's involved. You you caught me in, in a, you know knots and crosses here because I really don't know what's involved in that yet. All right, but I, I hope to learn. People need to keep their eye out for it. But yeah. what what website should they go to so that or Twitter or whatever the hell Facebook? What's Facebook? The best place? Uh, friend me, say hi. Uh, mention the Tin Man Diaries. And I'll I'll give you some updates. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a year anniversary of my transplant on September 26th, so I'll be posting on to September 26th definitely. Awesome. awesome. And um, then I've got um, oh a TV show I can't talk about. <laughs> and um, then I've got um, th that's it. And my yeah my jewelry and my book. That's about it. I'm you know I'm retired. I'm not, I'm doing stand up mm -hmm. every once in a while uh, because as you. I've noticed I can't stop talking. <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing stand-up here and there, Vitello's. Mm -hmm. I did the Wendy Lehman gig, which is so much fun. She Shoot, such I didn't know doll. they were doing comedy of Vitello's. Yes, every, right. the last Tuesday of every month. Okay, well, I have to go now. Vitello's, it's wonderful. And boy, she gets some great people, great people, mm -hmm. including myself. And, um, and uh, let's see, that's about it. That's about it. That's wonderful. That's all I need to talk about. What do you need to talk about? Uh, not much. Anything on your mind? Not Anything really. you want to get off your mind? Mm, plenty. Plenty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, go to CelerySoundRecords.com. That's where I'm sort of distributing tiny little albums like uh, Paul Dooley's album. That's not a tiny album. It's just tiny because I don't have a... Oh, it's digital. It's, it's it's a brilliant album. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, there's and, a bunch of other crap up there. Oh, too. hey, Extreme Channel Surfing. Mm -hmm. Mac and Jamie. Yes. You can still get that, Extreme Channel Surfing. On Amazon? Is it the yeah, best place? Have you played any of it? Uh, yeah, I, you... I played two. I listened to the two clips you sent me. Did you send me two or three? Yeah, two, two of them three. worked. That's all I know. Two, two of them worked, <laughs> and they were both great. It's okay. very funny. I can highly recommend it based on just those two. There's a lot yeah. of stuff in it, right? It's just like a lot very of stuff. quick. Goes boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you're sitting there changing channels. You don't know what to watch. Yeah. And you get the whole world in about forty minutes. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Can they get it on Amazon? Though? That's the best. Yes, place? they can. Okay, good. I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, Uproar Records it. distributes it. Awesome. Yeah. Jamie, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Jason. This, this was a lot of fun. fun. You're welcome back anytime. I enjoyed being here. I think uh, I think you really should do something about that black mold. Mm -hmm. I know. But well, uh, you know. other than that, it's a lovely studio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm sitting on a chair that has has no back so i think i gotta go mm -hmm. i gotta go that's reasonable i gotta go <laughs> thank I'm you guys really for... uncomfortable here i gotta go thank you guys for listening out here. and as always have a good thing Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. You can email us at podcast at comedyonvinyl.com. You can also send snail mail to Stolen Dress Entertainment, P.O. Box 805, Burbank, California, 91503. Subscribe to Comedy on Vinyl on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. 
It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Comedy on Vinyl, or find everything in one place at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune in to the new Stand Up Records channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15 plus years. <laughs>